0: Father in heaven, thank you so much because you are faithful. Even times when we are faithless, you remain faithful. Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your goodness to us. You've seen us through this week. For some of us, maybe it was a tough and a difficult week. But Lord, we can be thankful that you never, never, never let us go. And you're with us forever. Father, that's a a truth that Lord, we can rely on. And we can trust you for that. So Father, we just thank you for this time that we can gather together and encourage each other and listen to your word. Father, I pray that you would open our inner ears. You would open our inner eyes to see that truth. And as we leave this sanctuary today, Lord, we will be transformed to live lives that are worthy of our calling. Father, I just want to thank you again because of who you are and because of who we are, knowing that, Lord, we need you every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Yeah, take a few minutes and uh, extend a warm welcome to people around you. Thank you so much, worship team, for great songs. Good morning. Nice you. Thank, you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, Thank you again for choosing to worship with us this morning here at Maranatha. We want to welcome each of you and especially those who are visiting. Uh, feel welcome. And if you are visiting, we have a fellowship uh, time just after this service. So please don't just walk out. Just you know, come in there and uh, uh, fellowship with us. I promise you we will... Uh, give you a hug or something, you know, something to encourage you. So come on over. <laughs> Alrighty. So um, if you have either moved into this area or, you know, you are new at Maranatha, we have these yellow sheets there right behind those open, I mean, those uh, double doors at the table right behind there. So take one and fill this so that we can connect with you and get to know. You better, and if you have any prayer requests. And if you have either moved, you're a regular attendant here or a member and you've moved, or something has changed in your contact information, please do the same. Fill up this beautiful yellow form and then either drop it in the offering basket or leave it at the welcome desk. I have several announcements. I'm going to go through them really quick. I might forget one or two, but I'll try not to forget Uh, OCC, Operation Christmas child, I think, week is closing. So today, from nine to noon, you can drop off shoe boxes, and also between three and five p.m. And on Monday, which is tomorrow, ten to noon. That will be the final time to turn in boxes. Money um, donations will to help with the shipping of these boxes is still accepted. But if you drop a box after tomorrow noon, it will be, it won't be accepted. So tomorrow noon will be the final time to drop boxes. And I think the drop-off area is in that building there. So I just saw the sign this morning. No Awana, or youth on Wednesday, I think all those are up there. Okay, no Awana on Wednesday, November 22nd, that is... uh, is it this Wednesday? Yeah. So there's going to be no Awana or youth group this Wednesday. And, there, uh, and then no Sunday school and adult discipleship next Sunday. So Sunday after Thanksgiving, there will be no Sunday school or discipleship groups. Caroling we will, be, uh, will be on Sunday, December 17th. So we would like you to RSVP at the information desk, at the welcome desk, because there will be lunch included before going caroling on on, uh, December 17th. So, yep. Uh, We want to decorate the church for Christmas. This will be Monday, November 27th. So we are asking people to come and help Leah and Jeremy and their family to set up or to decorate uh, the sanctuary. A supper will be provided. Do they have to RSVP for that? No. Okay, so supper will be provided uh, and drinks. Uh, uh, Okay, it will be at 6 p.m on November 27th 6 p.m. November 27th uh, christmas wreaths can be collected directly from the students who sold them to you if you purchased one at the desk in, in in the lobby a student or youth leader will direct you to the sold garage to pick up your wreath or garlands for any questions or if you want more information contact, contact Michelle Nord and uh, I think there's an email. Okay. Anyway, you know who Michelle is. And if you don't, you know, just ask somebody. So anyway, uh, her email is Maranathafree.com. It's written here, so I'm just reading. Anyway, okay. Ponsetas will be purchased to decorate our sanctuary this Christmas. So if you are interested in helping out, please look at the bulletin or visit the welcome desk for order forms. I think that's all for announcements. I will call on Pastor Cody to come and uh, give us a word.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Otieno. Yeah, your daughter will use that probably later. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Glad to see all of you not in blaze orange, because those who are in blaze orange are out in the woods still waiting. As I will be this afternoon... So grab your Bibles, we are doing a November of Psalms. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in front of you. We are doing a bunch of Psalms and we were grateful for last week, we had Michelle Nord's father preach, that was great, that was exciting. Today we are going to do part two of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, so grab your Bibles, go to Psalm 23, and I prefaced this doing this a two-part series because many people have wondered how I've made it the last seven months. The last seven months have been very hard for me. For some reasons or other, just a variety of reasons, some of the reasons you know, because I've been trying to be transparent with you, I've cried every week. Every week I seem to cry, and I just go, man... Am I going to stop crying here? But let let, let me say this, it's important to cry. Crying is very good. And it's been hard. How did I make it? Or how do people truly end up making it? Some people don't. Some people turn to different things to try to fill that void, to deal with that pain. In fact, uh, not last week, but the week before, Within four days, I had to go to a family, three different families, three times, and inform them that their loved one was dead. In a variety of ways, death came. And it was hard, shocking, tears, screaming. It wasn't easy. How do you make it? Well, I'm trying to give you a glimpse of how I make it, how I deal with it. As someone asked me once, the... Said, they kind of held up like a blank phone. There was no phone in the hand. It said, you must have dozens of therapists on your phone. And I don't. But I've got one shepherd I turn to every day. Oh, well, I've got many mentors. I've got many friends. In fact, I was just on vacation with my wife. We were in Florida, and some of them were there where I got to talk to and learn from. How do I make it? Part two of Psalm 23 gives us a glimpse of one of my favorite topics. And again, you hear me say this often, this is my favorite thing to talk about. In fact, I thought about trying to pull up a list, literally, of the songs I had back in there. I came up with a list of songs that described this, but that was probably on a floppy disk, no more to be found, so I had to come up with them on my own here. Anybody remember what floppy disks looked like? Anybody still have any floppy disks around? Yeah, Okay. <clears throat> Some of them, most most of these are songs, and most of these are Christian songs, but I remember the first song on the list was Phil Collins. Anybody know who Phil Collins is? It's okay, raise your hand, right? A product of the 80s myself. And I think the song is titled, Take Me Home. Anybody know? Take, take me home. I'm not going to sing it. There's a reason I'm not up here. Anybody know that song? Because I don't remember. Just raise your hand so I can see. Okay, a couple of you. All right. You just listen to Christian radio, that's fine, that's fine. In fact, as I was compiling this list last week, ironically, or providentially I would say, as we were, at the, we were in Florida for a pastor's retreat conference called Refresh, and we were getting ready to go, we're standing there, and this hotel is very busy with different conferences. We weren't the only one, but as we're leaving for able to show the video here's a song that was on my list playing live for us all right and i love my wife by the way Many people would see that shirt and they'd either laugh, I'd be like, why are you laughing? Oh, because your husband doesn't have one, just kidding. I bought the shirt myself. It's interesting, down south, did anybody know what song that was? Oh, when the saints right. okay, yeah. Down south, that song is primarily played, does anybody know when? At funerals, at the end of a funeral. Did some research on the song. It's primarily played, and that's why we're down south. They're doing this big jazz fest there. They're walking around, people with little you know, umbrellas dancing, having fun. That song is played at the end of a funeral. Why? Because don't forget, we are homeward bound, amen? amen. No matter how hard life gets, don't forget, I'm going home. Let me just read you a couple of the lines from some of the songs. Here's a newer one that I've added to the list. Are you disappointed? Are you desperate for help? You know that it's what it's like to be tired and only a shell of yourself. Will you start to believe you don't have what it takes? Because it's all you can do just to move, much less finish the race. But don't forget what lies ahead. Well, this road will be hard. But we win in the end. Simply because of Jesus in us. It is not if, but when. So take joy in the journey, even when it feels long. Oh, find the strength in each step, knowing heaven is cheering you on. I know that the cross has brought heaven to us. Make no mistake, there's still more to come. And here's the chorus. Almost home. Brother, it won't be long. Soon all your burdens will be gone with all of your strength. Sister, run wild, run free. Hold your head, hold up your head. Keep pressing on. We are almost home. Almost home. Anybody know that song? I think it's by Mercy Me. It's one of my favorite songs out there. Because it's this theme. Someday I'm going home. And here's a classic for me. If I stand, let me stand on the promise that you will pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in these songs. Here it is. And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home, Rich Mullins. Anybody know that song? Oh, it's so good. If I weep, let it be. As a man who is longing for his home. thought of another one, uh, Charlie Peacock. He looks at um, First Peter. Says uh, the song. I, I'll try to do my best. Quote: um, <clears throat> You say you're going to get married soon, but there can be no wedding without a wedding groom. And then he talks about this person who's got this hope that they're going to get married soon. And there's no, well, where's your wedding groom? Then he talks about the beauty of Jesus coming soon. Amen. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. He's not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness to be. Keep a watch. Don't lose hope. He's coming. He will come back for you. So this morning, we're going to dive into Psalm 23, the last part, which explains and gives a glimpse of the hope that you can have as a Christian. So let's pray before we get into the Word. <clears throat> Father, today is that special day that we get together. We pray for the safety and the joy of those Many who are usually with us who are out hunting. Some of them are just kind of on their own. Some have deer camp. It's a big thing. And I just pray that You would allow them to enjoy the beauty of Your creation and enjoy time just being in the woods. And Lord, as one of my friends did, when a deer is harvested, may they show and explain the beauty of Your hand involved in it. And today I pray for those of us who are here and watching online. This is the message we need to hear. If I could only give five messages, this would be one of them. So Spirit, guide us, we pray. In your precious name, Amen. So again, let me just uh, just cover a couple things I mentioned. Uh, two Sundays ago when we started talking about Psalm 23, my desire is that you would read Psalm 23 often. In fact, my goal is that you will hear it. We're going to read it. You're going to hear it. But also, I ask you to memorize it. It's just a few verses. It's easy to memorize. Some of you have it memorized already. You know, you've done it as a kid. It's, it's one of the most famous. It probably is, in my opinion, the most famous chapter in all of Scripture. We hear it often. In fact, when I get called to do a funeral outside of our church, if there's someone in the community that has no pastor and they request... To have a pastor there's a funeral home that will often say hey pastor cody it works great with families and you know if they have no church connection I'll, I'll often ask hey what do you want at the funeral you know would you like me to read a bible passage and they're like oh i guess that's something that's done and then i'll read them some are like oh i that was that was right at my grandpa's funeral it's priceless it's timeless it's lasted for ages and my, my prayer is that you would draw closer to the Lord as you memorize this. So I, I would encourage you to this. Handwrite it on a piece of paper. There, there's a great skill in, in handwriting and memorizing together, they go hand in hand, literally hand in hand. And uh, write it down so that way, if you're hunting, you can just pull it out. In fact, some of my pockets have Psalm 23 handwritten in, in my pockets already as I've been out in the woods bow hunting. Three things. My prayer is that you would come to know Him more with intimacy. As we saw this in the first part, it's the Lord is my shepherd. That's probably the, the, one of the best pronouns in the whole thing. My shepherd. Come to follow Him with trusting obedience. Not just to trust Him, but to obey. Trust and obey. And then to come to worship Him with joyful acceptance, of daily circumstances because life is going to be hard it's going to be up and down but we worship him with joyful acceptance of what he brings us and ultimately because we know our destiny so what this passage shows he provides for my life the needs present and the future we must trust him, and that first part is the present. That's what I realized when I was studying through this, was like the first section is all about now, right now. He is providing caring, guiding, leading. We experience him and trust him. But also then there's a change in part two, where's this future aspect of it. He cares for us. The action he does is based upon his character-revealing concern for my needs, and we'll see that. Primarily in this section coming up. The foundation of life is always God's character, not my circumstance. Don't base life on your circumstances. You'll be like a yo-yo emotionally, up and down. Base it on the character of God that does not change. character comforts me. And I have confidence in His, comfort, in, in his character because of His actions that He's done. To know God is to know His character. And then here's a line that I didn't have highlighted last time. I said it a few times. I'm going to say it again here. God is sufficient and God will sustain you. Never forget that. In your dying breath, remember God is sufficient and He will sustain you. Because He's God and we're not. When life is wonderful, remember God is sufficient. Not the things that we get on this earth. He's the one that truly ultimately satisfies and he will sustain you so let's go to psalm 23 again i need to start with the first verse because that's the foundation I, i thought of this last week imagine if your pets could talk well they do they bark meow and i don't know moo and some of you have goats i don't know if they're pets imagine if like when i was a little boy we i had a little cat This may surprise you. I'm more of a cat guy than a dog guy. I'm not a dog guy. Right, Aaron? Okay, he's got a picture to prove me wrong. But anyways, I like cats more than dogs. And I remember when I was a little boy, I was like, Smokey was our cat. If you could only talk to me, that's what I thought. I'm a weirdo, okay. Imagine if your pets could talk to you instead of just meow, 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 or, you know, barking. We kind of understand some of the barks. Imagine if they could talk to you. They would tell you, I don't want to fetch the stick. Quit throwing that thing, it's tiring me out. I want snacks all the time. And I got dogs in my neighborhood, I'm like, what are they saying to each other? Let's just bark to drive Cody crazy, I don't know. But here, in a metaphorical way, we have an animal talking. David, King David, once was a shepherd. He understands the struggles of life. He understands the hazards around him. And he is the sheep. The greatest songwriter speaks and gives us the viewpoint of a sheep. In the foundation of the psalm, take a look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I have all that I need. I lack nothing. Again, that's the translation of the NIV, the NLT, and the ESV. The foundation of the passage is the Lord. It surrounds the song. In fact, it begins with Yahweh, this, the, the, the covenantal name of God, and ends with it at the end, the Lord. In fact, the two most important words in here are my and he. He's my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He's the one who protects his sheep he steps in and often and makes us rest we are drawn to raging waters they're beautiful they're cool but we can get sucked in and drown it's dangerous the crazy currents of life come around but my shepherds the one who leads us he guides us he makes us are you tired from running blind on your own and depleted, we need spiritual refreshment. We need to slow down. And God sometimes makes us. He refreshes us. And refreshment primarily comes from Him. He guides us, and the greatest place to find refreshment is His Word. I encourage you, daily be in His Word. Coming up at the end, in fact, uh, December 31st, and then a couple days, um, it, those couple Sundays, we're going to talk about the importance of reading God's Word. So beginning of the year, we're going to talk about the importance of reading God's Word. Stay in His Word, but He also brings others along to help you. And I experienced that last week. I'm just a non-stop kind of a guy. And I admitted to the group I was with, I'm like, I'm a workaholic. Okay, my name is Cody. I'm a workaholic. And Going to Florida. Most people love going to Florida. For me, I don't want to go. I got things to do. But I was made to do nothing because I there's nothing to do except sit at a beach, eat seafood all the time. It was a great time. But I told my friends, I'm like, yeah, I just I'll nonstop. Let's go, let's go, let's go. After this, let's play some cards. After this, let's go to eat. Let's go. I'm the ringleader, like getting a bunch of people. We always go to this restaurant together. Slow down, and it was great to have some of my friends remind me. Cody, I've got my dear friend Brian. Cody, how you doing? Okay, that's great. Now, how you really doing? The Lord brings refreshment not only to it through His Word and His Spirit, but others. So, I encourage you surround yourself with other healthy people, not just with other people, but healthy, godly people. So, let's continue now with part two. And what I've done this morning is I've included verse 4 into part 2. Even though I would say it ends at verse 4, part 1. But I'm including part 4 in this. The tone changes in verse 4. The the shepherd is one who leads us. He makes us. He guides us. He refreshes us. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm on the beach. It's great. Oh, it's wonderful. But then the tone changes in verse 4. But listen to this. The tone changes but the shepherd does not change. You get that? Remember that. Even though I walk through the valley... Sorry, I've got it memorized in a couple of ways here. Okay, let me just read here. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, some animals don't get lost. Some do. In fact, when we first moved up here, I finished my graduate studies. We rented in Bloomer for just like a half a year or something like that. We rented in Bloomer, and then we bought a house near Arrowhead Bible Camp. We purchased from a guy. It was this beautiful log cabin house. I love it. I miss it. It was awesome. The guy that lived there was formal law, law enforcement, and he had this dog that was half wolf, half German shepherd. Beautiful dog, but I always would step back going, oh, that's a beautiful dog. Get him a cat guy, not a dog guy. He moved about four, well, maybe three miles away, down the road and up another road. <clears throat> Six months later, I'm ready to go to work. I open the door and there is that massive dog. And I turn as white as the dog. Woo-hoo! And I close the door. And I go, Amber, there is a wolf German Shepherd all in one sitting at our front door. She starts freaking out. I go, Don't worry. Remember, it's our former um, owners. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I give him a call. Hey, guess what? Your dog's here. Oh, but looking for him. I'm like, Yeah, I hope he's not hungry. Some animals don't get lost. That dog is probably like, I'm tired of this place. I'm going back home. He knew exactly where to go. Some animals don't get lost. But we often get lost. There are so many other things that seem so much more satisfying and glittering and beautiful. and Oh, that seems so appealing. Again, I encourage you, if you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, read it. Read it. There's this fair that draws people in. Vanity Fair. We are weak. We get lost. And sheep don't have great defensive properties. They don't have big claws. I've seen animals with massive claws. I was with one of my friends who shot a bear this year. I held the paw and I was like, "Whoa, glad it's dead." I looked at the teeth. We opened up the mouth. I'm like, "Wow, I'm glad it's dead because my fingers are right here. Sheep are pretty meek and mild. They can be crazy. We are prone to wander and drift from the flock. Verse 4, as my shepherd, God presently comforts me by his presence and provision. Even though I walk through the darkest valley of the shadow of death, darkest valley, I will fear no evil, not be afraid. You are with me. Close beside me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I've added a couple of those translations in there. We don't know, again, David's specific situation. It could be an emotionally dark place. It could be physically. He was always on the run when someone was chasing him. But we know that God provides. His rod protects and His staff guides. The rod protects. The Lord protects us. His protection is the beauty and the focus of this verse. We don't need to fear because God is with us. He will take care of our enemies. Our journey in life will be full of a variety of dangerous paths, uncertainties, fearful sights, dark, difficult. In fact, the translation here, the, the origi- um, if you just look at it, just word for word, it's dark shadows. We have dark valley. Dark shadows. In fact, the darkest valley that we can experience is death. How many of you have experienced the close death of a loved one? Right? That can be very, very hard. It's one of the darkest valleys to walk in. Never forget He is with you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid because you are with me. You can make it because, here's the old King James, thou art with me, right? That is a guarantee. God is sufficient and God will sustain you. So no uncertainty in the darkness should truly cause true fear because of God's character. He is with you. We are created to live in His presence. And He walks with us by His Spirit right now. And someday, as we'll see here in a moment, we will be with Him. I have all that I need. He sustains us. Now let's look at the last part here. We are now transported from a... like In my mind, when I hear this, even though I picture Rocky Mountain stuff, we are moved from a mountain type of pasture, meadow... Stream to a banquet hall. So, this is the, I think I forget what I titled the sermon. I think the shepherd of the party, right? Who likes parties? You guys are crazy. So, let me ask again, who likes parties? Just raise your hand, right? right? I love parties. He's the shepherd of the party, of the feast, of the banquet. And here's my line I have true confidence in the goodness of God now. Because he's my shepherd that leads me, guides me, makes me, and in life to come. I have confidence in that. So verse 5. As my shepherd, God presently and in the future honors and blesses his children. Never forget that. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows anointing is an expression of hospitality whenever they would have a party some type of a banquet or a wedding what they would do the 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 host would put oil on the honored guests not everyone probably would get oil but the honored guests will get oil to refresh them in their dry climate and to give them probably a good smell some of the oils had some good smells my favorite smell of oil is gun oil but that's a different story here at this feast and banquet, the host anoints us. God anoints us with fragrance of His blessing. You look at the rest of Psalms when it talks about the Psalm 45, verse 7, Psalm 92, verse 10. It's this blessing that we get. And then the cup of bounty. It overflows. It it overflows. Psalm 116, verse 13. I lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The table is full. It is just loaded with goodies. And your cup isn't just filled, it overflows. We have more than you truly need. Again, here's a line. That I've said about Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14. The greatest poverty you may have as a Christian is not knowing the beauty of Christ in you. Our cup overflows, a table full of what we need and more, total satisfaction, now and in the future. We are the recipients of more than we get. Here is a picture of something that was on the menu. I hope it works. I added this here. So we were at a restaurant. And I, my goal is to eat seafood every day when I'm in Florida because, you know, seafood here is different than seafood there. So we get to the Amber's like, well, let's, let's go to this Irish pub thing. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, they're going to have seafood somehow. As I'm reading through the list, I was like, this is made for all pastors. Can you see this sandwich? Jesus loves you. I'm like, what? Did they know it was coming? So I ordered it without reading it. I should have showed you the picture of what it looks like. It's a grilled cheese sandwich, and then with oh, a half pound burger, with cheese with another grilled cheese sandwich. It was this high. <laughs> so they bring it in, and I get my calamari fried up, probably from, yeah, I don't know, probably not even from that area. I'm eating, you know, the seafood. Then this thing comes, and I could not, with my big mouth, even bite into the one bite. It was just loaded. I'm like, Jesus loves it. He does. So anybody that knows restaurant here, we've got to get this on our menus, right? Isn't this like the perfect burger for Wisconsin? Jesus loves you. Man, he gives you so much more than you even can imagine. Here is a quote from Haddon Robinson, one of the great teacher of preachers from a few years ago. With him, the calf is always the fatted calf. The robe is always the best robe. Joy is unspeakable. The peace that passes, it passes understanding. There's no grudging in God's goodness. He does not measure his goodness by drops like a druggist filling a prescription. It comes in floods. If only we recognized the lavish abundance of his gifts, what a difference it would make in our lives. Every meal were taken as a gift from his hand. We would see it would almost be like a sacrament. He blesses us with so much. So I encourage you to do this. This Thanksgiving, you probably have your tradition, doing your thing, getting your special meals, doing your routine, watching the game. Someone's going hunting. I don't know what it is. You're traveling. Be bold. If you don't do this, go. Hey, let's do five things we're thankful for. Maybe that's too much, but just do one. Be vocal at your group and say, "This is what I'm looking." And begin with, "The Lord has blessed me," and let it flow. He gives to the best to his children. Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty says this. And now to Him who is able to give and do imaginably more than we ask or can imagine. According to his power that's at work within us. Also look at this enemies. Back to Psalm twenty three. There will be vindication. There are people, there there are like there's about five people I know that do not like me. Literally do not like me. They have said it to my face. They have treated me in such a way. They've slandered me behind my back and I've heard about it. There are are five people who just, they do not like me. I'm like, okay, whatever. And sometimes that hurts. When I hear about what some people say about me or whatever behind my back, I go, that really hurts. Do I want to fight back? Oh, the Lord will vindicate Some people want you gone. They want to see destruction in your world. They don't want to see you prosper in the Lord. We do not fear because God's care will be shown in His provision. He will protect you in the present and in the future. All right, verse 6. You know, I left my watch at the hotel so I'm going to go all day long here. I don't have my time here. As my shepherd God presently, and in the future, oh, here we go, dwells with his children. Surely your goodness, your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, for His sake, keeps his promises. And because of his love for you, for your sake, keeps his promises. Goodness and mercy, they're like the fellow companions that are going to be with me all the time. And if we had more time, I was thinking about, you know, they're like the sheepdogs that keep, keep you online. Goodness and mercy, sometimes they need to nip at your heels to keep you going the right direction. But it's his goodness, his mercy. His love will always pursue me my whole life. But some of you love to perform. You like to work and you like to go, okay, I'm going to do this so God can love me more. There's nothing you can do for God to love you more. Look at the beauty of the cross. He's loved you extremely, infinitely. And here we fall upon my favorite Hebrew word. How would you describe the action of God in one word? This is the greatest word, in my opinion, my favorite Hebrew word. It's the richest. It's got the most theological weight, except, you know, maybe kavod, glory does. There's other Hebrew words that are very, very powerful. But for me personally, this is the most insightful of all words. It's in the Old Testament 249 times. It's the word chesed. You've got to get like something in your throat. <clears> throat. Chesed. It's one of the richest, most powerful words. Why? Because chesed is something God does for His people. It's His love. The central word used in the Old Testament describing God's actions is His love said his steadfast love, his faithfulness, his unfailing love, his love. It's not judgment, which is totally true because we deserve it, but the number one term to describe his action is chesed to his people. It's the goodness and love of God shown in action to us. God is abundant in steadfast love. He is overflowing in kindness, goodness, faithfulness, love. That's his love. That's who he is. He shows it. One of the most dangerous questions I ever asked one of my daughters when she was about four years old was this. I said, I love you. She said, I love you back in that kind of a voice. Then I was dangerous said, how do you know I love you? Don't ask a kid that. Because that could turn out crazy. How do you know I love you? Autumn sat for a while and pondered. She said, Because you snuggle with me. My love shown in action is how she understood. God's love for you is so wonderful and beautiful. Look at the beauty of the cross. He loves and cares for you. That's why this psalm is so powerful. This word is God's love in action. How do we know He loves us? The apex of His love is the beauty of the cross. And we'll dive more into that probably in February as we're going through the book of Acts. This word and verse has eternity in view. His love is eternal and without measure. His love is long-term because all of us understand we've all been in relationships where someone says, I love you, and you say, I love you back, and, and then it's done. Either your best friends are no longer friends, or whatever it is, you shake hands, and now you're not shaking hands. You were once married, now it's a divorce. We understand that broke, but God's love never ends. Psalm 136. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. All 20-some verses. His love, his chesed endures forever. It's that covenantal commitment of Yahweh, his personal covenantal name, And notice, it's all capitals there. It's not L-O-R-D, small, but it's all capitals. It's Yahweh. It's His covenantal love. In the eternal life to come, we will completely experience fully God. We now have a taste, a fellowship of God. But someday it will be in full. And here's this heaven-bound aspect. Take a look at that. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's what's interesting. What's more important is not the place, but the person. You get that? What's more important about heaven is not the place. Because Wisconsin, I would say that Wisconsin is the greatest state of the union. Next to it would be Washington State, Colorado, Minnesota is probably number 49. No, just kidding, just kidding. That would be Illinois number 50. We live in the beauty of it. Far greater than what we have here, place-wise, is the place we're going to. Read Revelation 21. It's beautiful, it's spectacular. But what's more important about the place... Is the person we will be with him we will be in the presence of him forever in eternity and that is the hope that we have no matter how rife how life will get hard for me how rough it's gonna get hard for me I don't know I think I have a pretty nice life but it could start getting pretty nasty no matter how bad it's going to get, I know someday I'm going home. Amen? That's how I can make it. I love this ending. And as we said, as we did last week, here it is. His extra, in His extravagant goodness, He just doesn't feed us. He prepares a feast in the presence of our enemies. He just doesn't bless us. He fills our cup to overflowing overflowing. He just doesn't offer goodness and love. He pursues us with His loving hand and strength. For we are His forever. Forever in eternity. And we truly learn more of this when we look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd and constant friend. The Old Testament continually speaks of this prophecy of the One who is coming. A day a shepherd from the line of David would come. And it's Jesus. And we apply the benefits of this passage, even though David wrote it back then, we belong to the Lord. Revelation 717 talks about suffering but Christ is the shepherd to all of his who suffer on earth I love that even in the midst of suffering at the end times I like how they call Jesus is the shepherd to those who suffer. our focus is Christ so let me end with this years ago I don't you don't have a date on this So Larry, who's sitting here in the wheelchair, Larry was, how many, sorry to ask you, how many years were you a pastor up there? 45? I'm just a kid. (laughs) Larry gave this to me a few years ago. Here's a picture of him, and he's even got a shepherd's stick here. The 23rd Psalm, he did 10 sermons on the 23rd. I'm just a kid, so I can only do two. Maybe when I grow older, I'll do ten. Here's a picture of Larry. I didn't know if you were going to be here, so we got a picture of you there. Here's what Larry says at the end of his ten sermons. Best of all, Jesus will be there. He probably didn't yell it like I did when he did it. I can see his probably more quiet, but that's okay. Best of all, Jesus will be there. Heaven is where our Savior is. And where He is, there we will be also welcomed by Him. With our precious loved ones, we we shall proceed through the streets of gold to the throne of our Lord Jesus because He is the one we are eager to see. One of the greatest days you and I will go home and be with the one who died for us. Then everything will be Complete. Think of a place where there's no sin, no sorrow, no quarrels, no threats, no abandonment, no insecurity, no struggling, no sagging in self worth. Heaven is where everything that makes us sad will be banished. We'll be delivered from everything that has defied and disrupted our lives. Everything goes wrong here, nothing will go wrong there. Nothing will be lost. Nothing will be missing. Best of all, Jesus will be there. In closing, I say this. God is sufficient. He will sustain you. Some weeks are awesome emotionally for me. Some weeks are draining emotionally for me but I walk with the shepherd. He makes me, he leads me, he guides me, he refreshes me. And even as I'm a crazy sheep and go astray, he protects me in those dark valleys. And even now, he prepares the party for me, a banquet for me, even in the presence of my enemies. And someday, someday I'm going home and I get to see the beauty of Christ. The best thing is not the place, but the person. It's going to be wonderful. My prayer is that you walk with the shepherd every day. Come to know the shepherd. Jesus in his beauty. He will sustain you in all that you go through. Let's pray. Lord, you are good to us beyond measure. Your faithfulness never leaves us. We are unfaithful. But you are so, so faithful. And Lord, I just pray for people in this room. We come upon a holiday of thanksgiving. Help us not be keeping, but giving. And for some, I, I, even looking out, I, I know there's some people in this room that's going to be hard. Because loved ones will not be at the table. Things have changed in their lives. I think of two weeks ago, the three families I dealt with say, hey, your loved one has died. Their lives have completely changed. I pray, Lord Jesus, even for those three families, that you would bring people to speak the beauty of Christ into their lives. And for us, may we walk close to the shepherd. Because you sustain us. You feed us. You give us the ultimate party. Best of all, we will be with you, Jesus. This I pray in your beautiful name. Amen.